You may be seated and open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and as you well know, we're in a series called The Spirit of Faith. And the Spirit of Faith is, in fact, the Spirit of Victory. Amen. And uh, so let's take a look at our text tonight in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. So the opportunity for stress, the opportunity for confusion comes to each and every one of us. But the good news is this, is we have precious promises that we can stand on so that we do not have to fall under the weight of the things that come against us. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And he said, uh, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. One translation says, we get knocked down but we're never knocked out. And then he goes on to say some other things about the life of God, the life of Jesus being made manifest in our bodies. And in verse 13, I'd like you to read with me if you would please. It says, we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the same spirit of faith that David had when he met Goliath is the same spirit of faith that you and I have. The same spirit of faith that Jesus had when he spoke to the fig tree and cursed it is the same spirit of faith that you and I have. Evidently, the spirit of faith was flowing so strong in the Apostle Paul. He said, I believe it so much that I start speaking what I believe. And that's when your faith begins to work and begins to operate at a very high level. When you get so fully persuaded of God's word that you believe it. And then it just flows out of your heart, out of your mouth. For it is true that it is the abundance of the heart that will cause your mouth to speak. So say it with me tonight. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Now look over at Hebrews chapter 10 if you would tonight. Notice in verse 35. He says, cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. Now, again, that word reward is found in Hebrews eleven six, where it says that he that cometh to God must believe that he is, must believe that he is there, and must believe that he is real, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So there are rewards for those who are confident in Him, and there are rewards for those who seek Him. I think the greatest reward that we have for seeking God is God Himself, is His presence. Amen? And just to know that our Father loves us, and He's for us, and He lives on the inside of us. So don't cast away your confidence. You'll have opportunity to. I've had ample opportunity to. But if you'll just hold fast and continue to fight the good fight of faith, God will see you through. Amen? Amen. Verse 36, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that will come will come and will not tarry. I'm glad he's coming soon. How about you? Now the just shall live by faith. How shall the just live? By faith. Who are the just? We are. And how shall the just live? By faith. The just shall live by faith. So if any man draw back now, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. 
So when you're living the life of faith, there's no place for drawing back. Faith steps out and faith keeps moving with God, even though you can't always see it, even though you can't always feel it. Because as you found out last week, faith deals with things that haven't happened yet. And it also deals with things that are not seen as of yet. So he says then in verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not drawn back. So we're not of them who draw back into perdition, but we are them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is, verse 1, it is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. That word substance means that which is substantial, that which is a firm foundation. So the word of God is our firm foundation. And because we've been given these exceeding great and precious promises, we can stand on God's word and it gives substance to that which we hope for or for that which we confidently and favorably expect to come to pass in our lives because we're standing on the rock of God's word. So don't get all bent out of shape. If your, you know, hopes haven't come to pass yet, just keep standing on the firm foundation, praising God and thanking God, singing in the dark, shouting in the dark, and soon the light will come. And so it is also the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. And I believe that I'm among a group of people tonight that desire to obtain a good report and desire to hear well done, not undone, but well done, thou good and faithful servant. So let's continue to live our lives in trust and in love with Jesus. What do you say? Okay, verse 3. Read it with me. Go ahead. We understand... So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So through faith we have understanding and discernment that the very worlds that we see, the world that we live in, was framed by the word of God. Now if you want to have an awesome tomorrow, begin to frame your tomorrows today. What kind of life do you want to have? Do you want a life that's full of depression or full of joy? So if you want to have joy tomorrow, talk joy today. Do you want to have a life of weakness or a life of strength? Amen. Well, let the weak say today. Amen. No matter how you feel. If you feel weak, say you're strong. Okay, so you can frame your worlds with the word of the Lord. Verse 4. By faith offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. So, what kind of an offering did Abel give? Abel gave an an offering that was awesome to God. It was the firstlings of his flock. He gave, as we've been saying, he gave fluffy. He gave the very best of his best. And you know what? You can do the same thing. Now, your your best may be different than someone else's best. If it's your best, it's acceptable to God. Amen? So, what basically this is saying, we should not be giving God our leftovers. We should be giving our best of our time, our best of our talents, the best of our energy. But make sure now that you don't compare yourself with... With Josh or, you know, with Pastor Nancy, when you compare yourself with other people, the Bible says you're unwise. 
Okay? So you may have 10 talents from the Lord. You may be a five-talent person or you may be a one-talent person. It doesn't matter how many talents you have. What matters is, are you stewarding what God has given you? And are you honoring him with it by doing your very best? And doing your very best doesn't mean you need to live a life full of stress. Oh, I got to do my best. I got to do my best. No, you don't need to go over into the land of perfectionism. You just do the very best you can with what God has given you. Honor God. Rejoice in the Lord your God. And know that God's a good God and he's on your side. I got a little cotton mouth because Brenda made a sheet cake last night for James and Esther. So, Ooh, it's good. James and Esther will be here Sunday. They're already in town, but uh, they'll be here Sunday. And, and James desperately needs a haircut, so pray. He's getting a haircut, I think, tomorrow's Thursday, right? And uh, Esther said he's starting to look too Arkansas-ish. I don't know what that... Yes, I do know what that means. But uh, anyway... He's in town. He's going to be preaching Sunday night. We're going to be celebrating 31 years of the goodness of God here at Heart of the Bay. So it's going to be awesome. Okay, so verse 5 says, By faith Enoch. Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because he had, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that what did he do? He pleased God. Now, we tracked that through last week a little bit, and we found out the thing or the way that he pleased God is he walked with God. So faith is an offering. Faith is a walk. And you can walk with your father by faith. You can read his word by faith. You can do his will by faith. You can talk with him. He wants to talk with you. In the very cool of the day, he would show up in the garden and he would walk and he would talk with his man, Adam, and he would walk and talk with Eve. Faith is a walk. And the Bible says that you and I have been called into this glorious fellowship. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 9. Let's look at that if we could, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. And it's great to know scriptures, and it's great to know the word, and it's great to be able to quote the word, but it's even greater to know the author of the word. You know, the apostle Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. He didn't say, I know what I believe. He surely did. But he says, I know in whom I have believed. Man, you get a personal relationship with Jesus, and you fall in love with the Father. Watch out. God is up to some glorious things in your life. Amen? All right, let's read this together. Ready, read. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. So he's summonsing us to fellowship with him, to have koinonia, to sup with him. He's knocking at the door of our heart every day. Let's not uh, ignore that knock, but let's invite him in. You know, I believe this, that he can show you things to come. I believe that he has the answers to the deepest questions in your heart and in your mind. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that he knows exactly what you ought to be doing next year. 
I believe with all of my heart he has a great and glorious plan for your life. And you know what? The neat thing about him is he's not keeping his wisdom from us. His wisdom, the Bible said, is hid for us, but not from us. And wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. And this wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. But a man or a woman like you and me of understanding, what we'll do is we will draw that wisdom out. So one way that we draw that wisdom out is by praying and fellowshipping with him. So tonight's lesson is we're going to look at Noah. Everyone say Noah. Noah. Now, notice with me that every one in Hebrews chapter 11, he's talking about by faith this, by faith that. So here's what Noah did. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, now notice, of things not seen as yet. Faith has to do with things you don't see yet. So Noah was warned concerning those things that were not seen yet. And the scripture says that he moved with fear. Now the word fear there doesn't mean the type of fear where your knees are knocking and you're all stressed out. But when it says he moved with fear, he moved with reverential fear. He feared God to the extent that he obeyed God and he moved with reverence. Amen. That's obedience. And so, what did he do? Well, he prepared an ark to the saving not only of his life, but to the saving of his whole family. By the which he condemned the world and he became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So understanding this then, that believing and confidence in faith is required before that we see it. Now, how many of you remember the context in John chapter 20? I think we have time, so let's go over there to John 20, verse 24 through 29, and look at something here and remind ourselves of something. John, the 20th chapter, and we'll, we'll get back to Noah in a moment, but in John 20, verse 24, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciple therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands, the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. What did he say? I will not believe. Okay, so he made a conscientious decision, unless he could do those things, see, feel, hear, touch, unless he could do that, he said, I will not believe. Well, I'm not going to believe until I feel like I'm healed. Well, when you feel like you're healed, you wouldn't need faith to believe you're healed. And so there's a lot of people doing that same thing today. You know, I will not believe until I see the money come in. It's believing that causes the money to come in. Okay? You'll never get Abraham's blessing with the Thomas kind of faith, right? And not Mark Thomas. Didymus. Verse 26. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within. 
Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. That's awesome. Then he turned to Thomas and he said this, Reach hither your finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not what? Be not faithless, but what? But believing. So Jesus equates having to see it, feel it, hear it, taste it, touch it, see it in your front door, whatever the case may be. He says, it's being faithless. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. I've done that a few times. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Let's read it together. Blessed are those that have not seen, yet have believed. Amen. So how many of you are believing for something tonight? Have you seen it yet in the natural? Take heart. The Bible says you're blessed. And the word blessed means happy and to be envied. Hallelujah. Now, Thomas was exactly the opposite of Abraham. Abraham was fully persuaded of the promise that God had given to him. And the scripture says he was strengthened in faith and he gave glory to God. All right, now let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Or no, go over to Genesis 2. There's a bug on my pulpit. (laughs) We don't believe in having bugs around here. And other things. Been quite a day around here. I could tell you a few things, but... We'll save it. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. And all the time. (laughs) Oh, wow. So now, get this picture. By faith, Noah believed what God said before the flood came. And at that particular time, the whole world was full of doubters, scoffers, and they could make some sinners in Hayward look like they were Sunday school kids back then. I mean to tell you, they were a base bunch. And uh, they were not God-minded. They were... Heathens, they were anti-God. And here's Noah, moving with reverence, believing a flood was coming before no one ever saw any rain. No one ever knew what rain was. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant in the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. Verse 6, but there went up a mist from the earth and it watered the whole face of the ground. Whoo, man, this is before the fall. 
I mean, I think it's actually after the fall. But at that particular time, the curse had not taken its full effect. The curse got progressively worse. And at that particular time, the atmosphere was so awesome and it was so perfect that it was like having a sprinkler system without the sprinkler. Probably never too hot, never too cold. You know something? This whole earth's going to be restored one day. Actually, it's going to burn up. And there's coming a new heaven and a new earth. Ooh, think about it. Never too hot, never too cold. Just perfect at all times. You know, in its fallen condition, there are some beautiful places in this world. I mean, we live in one of the most beautiful states in the nation. You start belly aching about how cold it is in the winter here. You ought to go to Minnesota in January. Man, what a future we have. Man, that's something to preach on right there. And so God says to, to Noah, hey, Noah, there's a flood coming. Noah didn't have Webster's Dictionary. He didn't, he didn't have a dictionary to, to look up the word flood to see what a, a flood was. So, no comprendo, God. But he believed it. And what did he do? He went to work. And in James chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. Or faith without corresponding actions is dead being alone or being by itself. How many of you have found out in your life that it's not enough just to believe? But believing will cause you to act. Amen? Faith is acting on what we believe. Amen? And so, never saw a flood before, never saw rain before. People say, well, I've never seen a supernatural healing before. Well, it's time you did. I've never seen debt canceled before. It's time you did. You got to believe it. Before you see it. And then when you are in faith over something, you'll get ready for it. Say this with me. Faith Faith prepares. prepares. Faith Faith prepares. prepares. Now the word prepare, I got a couple of definitions. The word prepare means to make all things ready. To put things in suitable order. Um, to make the necessary previous measures. Okay? Some theologians say, and I don't know this to be true, so you can't quote me on it, but some theologians say that the building of the ark took a hundred years. hundred years. Didn't see rain for a hundred years. The scoffers are out there mocking them. Saying, what are you doing, you crazy old man? Water's going to come out of the sky? 
And it's going to come up from beneath. Are you crazy? But Noah says, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. You see, faith prepares and faith gets ready in spite of what people around you may say, may think, and may do. Faith keeps moving. Now, you want to make sure that you've heard from God. You know, it's, it's been my unpleasant uh, experience as a pastor for 31 years. There are people that imagine things. And they're not really hearing from God. And they step out to do things that God's not in. And then when what they thought was supposed to happen didn't happen, then they start shaking a fist at God. And getting all upset with with different pastors and different leaders because what you're saying is not true. Listen, folks, you got to hear from God for yourself. you got to know what thus saith the Lord is in your life. you got to get it real firm in your heart first. You know, for example, this building, we didn't just kind of wake up one morning and say, you know what, I think we'll turn a six-screen movie theater into a 36,000-square-foot building that, we'll wor- that we can worship in and we can glorify God. We just didn't think that up in our head. It came into our heart. And then after the process of time, in praying and circling the city, and at the right time, moved with God, and then as a result, God was moving with us. Amen. And, and so, uh, a teacher that is very famous, that's in his 80s right now, wrote a book several years ago called Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. You know, sometimes people think they're in faith, but they're really stepping out into foolishness. And then they're presuming because they've stepped out and they're standing on the word of God, that God is obligated to fulfill his word. God is only obligated to fill his word that he's given you. Amen. In his word or by his spirit, things for you to do. Amen. And so it's, it's, it's real important and. And over the years, um, we've seen people make some real vital mistakes in their lives. Things like not having health insurance, um, not having life insurance, um, not having uh, the proper things in place in their lives um, to where if something did occur or something did happen, that they could have something to rely on. And oftentimes people think, well, it's not faith to have health insurance. No, your faith is not in the health insurance. And your faith is not in not having health insurance. Your faith is in God. Now, how many of you know we live in a fallen world? And people in this fallen, uh, in this fallen world, things happen. Amen? And you've got to make sure that you're, that you're ready. Amen? To believe God and to stand on God's word so that if God says, okay, I want to use a doctor to facilitate this healing in your life, or you just stand upon my covenant. You've got to know that for yourself. But a lot of people, you know, they say, well, I don't need health insurance. I don't need dental insurance. I don't need this kind of insurance. Well, I think a lot of times it's just foolishness. And it gives the word of faith a black eye. It really does. So anyway... Say it with me. I'm going to hear from heaven for myself. So the scoffers are out there, but, but you know what? He just kept moving day after day. He's preparing an ark for the saving of his house. Amen. 
Now, we don't prepare an ark out of wood, do we, in our lives? But we prepare an ark out of the Word of God. Moms and dads, brothers and sisters, keep preparing the ark out of God's Word. Amen? Because, quite frankly, the flood is coming. The storms of life come to all of us. The storms of life have come to me. They have hit against my house vehemently, just like they've hit against your house vehemently. I don't talk about everything that I've been through or I'm going through, but I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. I think we should turn to Matthew chapter 7. Let's look over there. Matthew, the seventh chapter. That's what I like about this series. It's never ending. Say with me, the spirit of faith. It is the spirit of victory. So the storms of life come to all of us. Every one of us. In Matthew chapter 7 and verses 24 to 30, 20, 27, it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and does what? Doeth them. So you're hearing the word that's written and or you're hearing the word that comes by the Holy Spirit. Which is a rhema word for direction for your life. He said, I will liken unto him as a wise man which built his house upon what? Now the rock is Jesus, but the rock is also revelation knowledge of what you've heard and acting on what you've heard. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. You know, would to God that it wouldn't happen, but it does happen. The flood's coming. The winds are going to blow. It's going to beat upon your life. But notice with me, it fell, what? It could have fallen, but it didn't fall. You could have gone crazy, but you didn't go crazy. You could have died, but you didn't die. You could have had this happen to you. You could have gone down, but you didn't. It fell not. Why? Because he was founded upon a rock. Noah built an ark out of wood. We built our life around the rock of God's word. Amen. Now notice the next verse. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine... And doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now listen, I've seen God get the blame for things he's not responsible for. The Bible said... That there's two men, one wise, one foolish. The wise man was a diligent seeker of the Lord and his word. The foolish man might have just come to church to be entertained. Might have opened his Bible and cracked his Bible maybe once or twice a month. But the same storm, the same flood comes to every man. 
Which one are you? Which one are you? I think you should say wise. Which one are you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We could also look at this scripture in Hebrews 11 as a type of Jesus is coming soon. Did you know? Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. He's coming soon. Soon and very soon, he's coming. And there's a flood coming on this earth. Because once we're taken out of here, my dear brothers and sisters, there's no salt left to preserve this earth. And what a wise man and a wise woman does in the last of the last days, which I believe with all my heart we're in, we're like John the Baptist. We're preparing people for the coming of the Lord. John prepared people for the coming of Jesus back then. You and I prepare people for the coming of the Lord today. We need to get people ready. Get them ready for a soon return. You know what? I believe strongly in my heart and strongly in my, in my spirit and the mercy of God. How many of you have ever thrown yourself over in His mercy more than once? I believe in His mercy. I believe in His grace. But I also believe there's a time where men and women who have walked with Him for years and years and men and women who know better not to do things, I believe they need to get to a place where they're living holy and living righteously before God. And you know what? I, don't ever, I never want to presume on the mercies of God. What do you mean, don't presume on the mercies of God? I don't want to live so close to the edge. Well, if I do that, I know God will forgive me. That's not right living. And that's not smart living. Well, we better move off of that. That's getting a little bit serious here. We need to prepare people for His soon return. And you know what? I've got a part and you've got a part in that. Yeah. Say this with me now. Big faith, big faith prepares big. Prepares Say that again. Big faith, big faith prepares, big. prepares big. Little faith, little faith prepares, little. prepares little. And no faith, no faith prepares nothing. Prepares nothing. So faith prepares and then faith expects. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I've heard testimonies of of people that, you know, were not able to right away get pregnant, and yet they were pregnant with a promise. And as a sign of faith, they got their house ready. 
for the coming of a baby. Faith gets ready. Faith expects. Faith prepares. I think it's kind of interesting that uh, let's just use this for an example. People that uh, are believing God for a mate. Are you ready? Are you ready to be married? Have you got rid of that extra debt? How about that extra 25 pounds? Now, I'm not preaching diet. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not preaching diet whatsoever. But have you prepared yourself to be married? You know, I've heard the old saying, well, you know, Pastor Mark, it's better to marry than to burn. Yes and no. (laughs) It's better to marry, Pastor, than to burn. So, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to go to Reno. And we're going to go to Tahoe. And we're going to get married because, you know what, we're burning. And it's better to marry than to burn. Well, yes and no. Because I've known people like that through the years when we offer premarital counseling to them and we offer the right tools for them to prepare them to get married. Because after the honeymoon, you've got to live with one another. And so... In marriage, you got to be ready and get ready and be ready. Turn to Matthew chapter 25. And so basically this, you know, when the flood came, Noah was really glad. He was really glad. And you'll be glad too when the flood comes. You won't be terrified at his coming, will you? Glory to God. In Matthew chapter 25, let's look over here. Matthew 25. And we'll look at, well, a few verses here before we close. Glory to God. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened them unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were what? Okay, so there's the wisdom, and there's the fools. They're foolish. Okay? Then they that were foolish took their lamps, and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil for our lamps. What happened? They're going out. Did you know this, that a lack of preparation shows foolishness? I'm going to say that again. A lack of preparation 
shows foolishness. The others took no chances. They were ready. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came the other virgins, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know ye not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Come on, somebody. Noah brought his lunch. (laughs) He says, I'm here for the long haul. I am here as long as it takes. I'm going to get it done. Going to get it done. You know what? If you wait to get ready, you're too late. If you're getting ready, you're not ready when it happens. The people that are ready are the people that will be used in these last days. The people that use their faith to be ready when the storms of life come. They'll not fall. They'll not falter. By faith, Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his family. And you can do the same thing. You have opportunity to do that. Hallelujah. This message is a whole lot bigger than has been communicated tonight. But in your heart, be honest about it. Has God ever dealt with you about something to get right? And you haven't gotten it right yet? God is saying, get ready. Get ready. He's got some awesome things for you. He's got some great things in store for you. But you've got to be ready. Be ready. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Master. Father, we thank you tonight. Let's, let's pray just a few moments this evening. Thank you, Master, for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you show us in your word things that enable us to see things more clearly. Thank you, Father, that we're not just hearers of your word. But we are doers thereof, putting into practice those things that you put in our heart to do. Oh, we love you, Lord, and we give you praise for it. In the mighty name above every name. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Mm, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Thank you for supernatural divine appointments for your people. Thank you for supernatural setups. 
Thank you, Lord God, for people getting into their God-ordained place. A place of provision. A place called there. Hallelujah. A place where every need will be met. And a place, Lord God, that you have prepared for each and every one. Oh, we praise you, Father. Magnify your name. Yeah, masurre neste. Mengele basto torine ne mondre gistele banala. Oh, bridi la mana. There is wisdom in waiting on the Lord to hear and to see what the Lord would say and to hear what the Lord would have you to do. But beyond the waiting upon the Lord, you can wait too long. Wait too long to step out and to step in. For faith will always require a step. I will always require my people to take steps of faith. So wait not for the perfect situation. Wait not for the perfect circumstance. For in waiting, you can miss me. But yea, wait to hear. Wait to see. And wait to know. And then step into your God-ordained place. Step into your wealthy place. For your wealthy place is a place that I have foreordained from before the foundation of the earth for you to walk in. It is a place of joy. It's a place of peace. It is a place of great strength. So be conscious, saith the Lord, not to lag behind, but to keep in step with me. And in keeping in step with me, oh, you shall see the glory. You shall see the manifest presence of my power go before you. So rejoice and be glad and declare daily, I'm always in the right place at the right time. I'm walking with him every step of the way. Yea, the master does lead me even this hour and this day. Hallelujah. Oh, let's raise our hands and thank him right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Minzo televera bodore menish televela basondro. Mondo ridiste le farabadola, vinde de bocostaia, masotele brodonde de veste le manda. I always put people in your path, says the Lord. I always have people just out there in your future. So walk with me toward your future. And I will connect you with them, saith the Lord. And in connecting you with them, oh, hallelujah, you shall see my glory. You shall see my plan unfold before your very eyes. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not drawing back, but keeping in step. Walking day by day with the Lord. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Say with me, I'm always in the right place. 
I'm always in the right place at the right time. Say it real strong. My steps are ordered of the Lord. My commander in chief is ordering my steps this day. And where it seems like there is no way, because he is ordaining my steps every day, I'll walk in the fullness of the plan of God. Oh, let's raise our hands and thank him tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The timing is so important. Timing is very important.